0: That, in fact, is one of the great hymns of the Christian church. I've been singing that since I was, well, I haven't grown a whole lot taller, but anyway, since I was a youngster in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. That's a wonderful, wonderful piece. Um, you have a Bible, and find Psalm 131, pages 4, or page 464. Four. Psalm 131, page Four hundred and sixty four. Psalm one hundred and thirty one. It's a very short psalm, it's one of my favorites. Page four hundred and sixty four. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and now and forevermore let's pray together we do thank you loving God for this place a place to gather to eat to be warm to laugh to sing to pray we are so fortunate you love us you've given yourself to us over and over again and we are indeed grateful Thank you, loving Jesus. Amen. I chose this psalm in part because it relates to some degree about the two topics that we are dealing with tonight about faith and prayer. I won't belong the exegesis, if you will, of the text, but it describes God in a way that's not always understood in in Scripture, and that is more of of a mother. And it describes us as children. Wean children, but children instead. And it suggests that there are things that are beyond us, and that's just the way it is, but that we are nurtured by, cared for, and we discover peace and stillness and centeredness and peace as we are held in the arms of God. It's a very short psalm, but it's quite beautiful and I think meaningful. Now We've looked the last few weeks at some different topics. Uh, We talked initially about the meaning of life. We've talked about why did Jesus die. Tonight we are, if you'll take your little book, um, let's look quickly at kind of an overview of what we're doing in these two chapters. The one chapter which is beginning on page 24, page 24, <clears throat> raises the question, how can we have faith? And we will walk through some of that in just a moment. Whereas the next chapter deals with prayer and asks the question, why and how do I pray? Now, Because we're in an alpha course and because we are thinking about this in relation to how does this apply to our lives individually, it is natural that the questions are addressed to us. How do I pray? What does this mean for me? Religiosity, and particularly the Christian faith, is in fact personal, but it's not private. And I want to suggest as we look at these two chapters, I want to broaden the context beyond just the me or the I. And that is to emphasize an answer to these two questions might be this. The first question is, how can we have faith? And as I've tried to list here on the board, not seeing it very well, God has faith in us. In other words, it's natural for individuals, and you have to do it in your life, And that is to understand what faith means and what does it mean to me personally or to us. But I want to suggest in part tonight, the more important thing is that God has faith in us. That the creator made us and loves us and cares for us. And because that happens, then we can respond to that pre-existing love and grace forgiveness. And the second question, then, about how does one pray and why does one pray. And that's a pretty important question. It's interesting. Just today I got my AARP magazine. You don't get that yet, Gary, right? No. Okay. Um, And it has a whole section. It has like three pages on prayer, interestingly enough. Some that's quite interesting, some that's a little off the wall. But whatever. How does one learn to pray. Why does one pray? But I want to turn it again around a little bit and I want to suggest God helps us pray. And that in the end is the more important thing. The emphasis in the two chapters, the emphasis in Alpha is yes on us personally and us communally, but the key is God. God in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, that reaches out to us and we respond. But the initiation, the start, the beginning is all in terms of God. And so as we learn through Alpha and as we learn as members of Christ in this building, um, God is good and we have to constantly remind ourselves it's really not about us. You know, the selfie, the pictures that we take, it's really not about us. We live in a wonderful society that perpetuates that notion. And it's important for people to have strong self-esteem, to feel healthy, to be in an environment that they can grow and prosper. But the truth is, God is first. And as we respond to God's grace, life is so much better. So, faith. God has faith in us. Prayer. God, in fact, helps us to know how to And two, pray. The Holy Spirit, in fact. All right, let's walk through the two chapters, looking at page 24 first. Okay, the little book that we have tries to highlight for us several aspects of what we mean when we're talking about faith. Where does it come from? What is it? What does it do for us? What can help? How can we be nurtured in our faith walk with God and Jesus Christ. And it suggests, as you see on page 24, that if you're looking at 2 Corinthians 5.17, I'm looking at the book itself, specifically on the left-hand side, page 24, that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore, for the old is gone, a new life is begun. So the faith walk... The response to God and Jesus Christ is that we get changed. God doesn't get changed. We get changed, and we grow in that. It goes on to talk about the Word of God, that there are promises in the Hebrew Scriptures and in the New Testament that God has created us to, in fact, respond faithfully to God. The promises are there. We read them, we enjoy them, we celebrate them. It says at the very bottom, John 1.12, Yet to all who have received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, to become special, not ordinary, not like everybody else, but children of God. Then he goes on to talk about the work of Jesus, the gift of God, as as it's articulated in Romans 6. God loves us and died to prove for his love. God took our sins upon himself. There's a wonderful theologian. It's not one that you hear kicked around very often. His name is Jürgen Moltmann. It took me a while just to learn how to say that. But he wrote many, many, many books, one entitled The Crucified God. Now, it's a book this thick and he's German, you know how these Germans are, they can, uh, where's Charlie, you know, Charlie's here, you can write a book this long, you know, but anyway, the book was to simply describe Jesus as we know him, is that God chose to be crucified for the sake of the world, that's what we celebrate as Christians. Moltmann's history is interesting because he, he was in World War II, he fought with the Germans, he was captured He was put in a concentration camp. He eventually was freed. He was not a Christian. He read scripture while he was in prison. He came out of prison, became a clergy person, went on to be a theologian, and wrote many books, many of which at least uh, those of us who like to trudge through that have enjoyed. It's so interesting. He learned himself about, personally, this crucified God. Then it talks about the witness of the Spirit. He transforms us from within, and particularly in relationships. And I have found, and I'm sure you could give testimony to this too, that there have been key people in our lives, siblings, parents, uh, children, uncles, aunts, neighbors, friends, who because of their relationship, because they sought us out, because they cared for us, because they modeled for us, what it was like to be a faithful person, to love God. Because of those relationships, it made us stronger people. It made us want to be like them. Let's look at Hebrews uh, chapter 11 and chapter 12. And again, you can find it on pages 894 and 895. Okay, on 894, we're going to look just at those first couple verses, the first 3 verses. It talks about faith. Okay. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for, commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Then if you jump over to chapter 12, right right there, the very next page, and look at the first three verses. Chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders is a sense of trust, something hoped for, and we see it so often in that cloud of witnesses. Those people who came before us who have been faithful. One of the expressions I remember hearing years and years and years ago working with a couple uh, clergy persons from the black church, they, they would constantly use the phrase, I'm standing on the shoulders of someone else. In other words, I'm only here Because of the folks that held me up. And I think if there's any way to understand faith, it's when we see it in others around us. And we're for others in that way ourselves. That communicates to be what we mean by faithfulness more than any other thing. On the last page, uh, the conclusion is, at least of this section, looks like I need to move along here, Gary, is... Um, make a decision to take a step of faith by inviting Jesus in. I remember one of the most difficult times I've had in my life with one of my children. He went off to college and he made all A's in social life. He learned the fine art of dropping courses. This kid could drop a course at the last second like nobody else. Some of the less funny times were he just liked a party, and we really struggled, and we really struggled, and we did everything we could, and I remember very vividly, to be very candid with you, one particular day when I got him out of bed, and I told him I'd had enough, I could not do any more, and it was time for him to get the hell out of our house. It was an absolutely awful day. Now, I'm glad to say, now at 34, he's doing quite well. We're beyond that. But I remember another story. A father who had two sons. One who was the good boy who did it right. And the other son that just wanted to bail. And he asked his father for his stuff and he took his stuff and he took off. And eventually the son came to realize that he had had it pretty good and decided to come back home. The interesting thing about the father is he kept looking out the window. He kept going to the door. Every night before he went to bed, my guess is he prayed for that son. Every morning he got up, he looked. Will he come back? And when he did come back, the father was halfway down the road before the son could even say a word. That's what it's all about. God takes the initiative and it's only in that moment, and it only takes a moment where we just turn. God's there. Quickly, let's look at the last section on prayer. In Romans, and I'm not going to have you turn to it because of time, but in Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27, It tells us that the Holy Spirit can help us, will help us, on how to pray. I mean, that's the beauty of it, is that we want to know God, we want to do the right thing, and God provides the means of doing the very thing that God likes. God wants to be in relationship with us. God wants us to communicate with himself. And the Holy Spirit is provided to teach us the words to say, the things to do, the openness. It's hard to beat that. He goes on in the chapter to talk about Christian prayer. And of course, the model that Jesus gave us of the Lord's Supper is a critical one. Why we pray and then does God answer prayers? And let me just hit this very quickly because this is really tough. We pray for a lot of different reasons. I have found in my life, this may not connect with you at all, but I have what I call theology of up against the wall. And that is because I have always fairly confident about things I do, I usually try to work it out myself. And it's when I finally run out of answers. I can't do it anymore. I'm exhausted. That's what I call theology up against the wall that's when my prayer life gets a whole lot better. And I have often wondered, and people have complained, well, God doesn't want you to pray when you're up against the wall. I think God welcomes our prayer all the time, and especially those times. God can take it. God doesn't get God's feelings hurt because we don't pray more in the good times versus the bad times. And then in terms of does prayer get answered, Sometimes, sometimes that we have to wait. Sometimes we don't understand. And I think this is one of the most difficult, I saw it in my own children, is that we really are kind of taught that if we're good, we'll be rewarded. If we say the right things, if we act the right way, God will ultimately give us what we want. It doesn't always work that way. So as the author goes on to talk, there are different things. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's wait. Now the final little thing I think is really important. How do we pray? And I'm a big believer in this little uh, thing on page 32. Page 32. Acts. A-C-T-S. Easy to remember. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. A-C-T-S. And this is so good because where does self end up here? at the end of the prayer the beginning of the prayer is adoration for god the second part of the prayer is confession third is giving god thanks and then we offer request supplication for others and then ourselves here again i'm trying to illustrate that it's so incredible it's so important to put god first and others first, and then we offer God ourselves. And it typically works. Remember that passage? Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. Final little conclusion talks about when we pray, and it suggests that we do so always, sometimes alone, sometimes with others. My final thing I want to share with you is that (coughs) my mother grew up in Hope, Arkansas. Am I? I got ten minutes? Okay, good. All right. (coughs) She grew up in Hope Arkansas. I remember she called me the night Mr. Clinton won. She said she never thought somebody from Hope Arkansas would be uh, President of the United States, but anyway, um, she had a she had a tough time. Her mother had uh, cancer and struggled with that and struggled with that and her mother died when she was twelve. Her father died when she was nineteen. Um, she went through the depression period as some of our family members have gone but her parents were good folks they just didn't go to church much and my mother had a little had a teacher there in town in this small town that took a special liking to my mother my mother's name was lee and she'd swing by and pick up lee and she'd take her to the little methodist church there in in hope arkansas and um, she nurtured her she was her mentor And she learned a lot from that teacher. Well, mother married when she was right out of high school. She was 19 and had uh, my half-sister, Eleanor. And then two years later, her husband died. And here she was in her early 20s with uh, a single mom with a daughter, young baby daughter. And um, she needed to move to Meridian, Mississippi from Hope, Arkansas to work. And provide for a baby. So this teacher, who had been her mentor and friend, <coughs> went with mother out to the train station, and uh, mother was holding Eleanor, as obviously I went around, as so she told me the story, and and mother was just trembling, and tears were running down her eyes. And the teacher, who had been with her and really nurtured her and brought her, quite frankly, to Christ, said, "Lee." Jesus is with you right now. And when you get off that train in Meridian, Mississippi, Jesus is going to be with you there. Tomorrow, the next day, the day after that. My mother told that story when she moved to moved to Atlanta to be with us in the latter days of her life. She'd been in Ocean Springs, Mississippi for 50 years. And as she told the congregation where she'd been for 50 years, she said, you know, I found Jesus in Ocean Springs. I'll find Jesus waiting on me in Atlanta. That's what it's about. That's what faith is. That's what prayer gives us. Aren't we fortunate? Amen. We go to our groups.